You must not read from the book! I mean, yeah. there's a broader debate to be had about shoot to kill. No doubt about it. I mean, Birmingham is a city that has suffered terrible terrorism over the years. They wanted to hear, just after Paris, that basically if a man walks down your street with a big gun and he's going to kill you and he's got a bomb strapped to him, that we will shoot him in the head immediately, yeah. ten times. It's about communication. How big is a big gun? That's my question. <laughs> That's the thing. They're never specific about how big it is. I, I no. assume it's Mr. Tickle's railgun. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh. Nice. Okay. Good start. Hello and welcome to Podcasting is Praxis, a podcast in which we're all going to commit unspeakable psychic horror upon ourselves and you, the listener. I'm David. I'm here with Alistair. Begrudging hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. James. Hi. Jamie. All right. Rob. Misery loves company. And special guest here to also inflict psychic damage upon us all is Sinan Coz. Hey, how you doing? I'm looking forward to this. I've been excited right for now. A while. I'm doing well. <laughs> In yeah, future, I'm... I don't know. That yeah. is about to change, let me tell you. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to getting double teamed by Rob and Sinan tonight. It's going to be yeah, great. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, Sinan and I have been DMing for a few days, and, and I think we're both very much looking forward to tonight. Uh, who slid into whose DMs is the question. Rob DM'd me first. Of course. I, I, I never, like, for real, never DM anyone first unless I desperately need them on the stream for some reason. So... I'm just glad I had my vaccine, then had to write my notes, so any any side effects were covered up by the book. That's it. That's true. I was going to say, for a moment there, it sounded like you were suggesting that Jess Phillips' good book could have given you COVID. Wait a yes. minute, is it Jess Phillips' exactly book that we're reading tonight? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, right, hang on a minute, David, come on. Well, like, you know, I told you this would happen with no proper warning. <laughs> <laughs> I threatened this and I made good on my threat that you would all be here for this. This is true. It's too late now. Yeah, you would all be here on time for this awful, awful experience for an entire night. You know what the first like warning sign should have been was that I was showing up. Like, that's yeah. really when you should have known something was up. <laughs> yeah, sin and the herald not... of woe. Was it not a, a decent hint when people were talking about the, uh, the impersonator on Pornhub? Well, yeah, I suppose that, that was also that a pretty good guess. As well. I, I just didn't put two and two together. Oh no! Oh yes, I don't, I'm sure. I'm sure if you if you if you're that upset about it, we could switch to like uh, Giles Corrin's sex novel or whatever the fuck that was from the other week. Uh, no, I don't think we will. Oh, was that his article from 2015? Uh, no. <laughs> he also wrote an actual well, novel where some incredibly disturbing sex scenes in it. No, he didn't. No. He didn't. He you didn't might be thinking of Paul Mason, whose book I had to read. No, I'm definitely thinking of, of Giles Corrin. No, Corrin just Giles Corrin also. Sex yeah. scene. Why do these people keep writing sex books? What, what is going on? Is that the one where uh, a dick ends up rattling around someone's teeth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking about, about what? Like, a, like a shower dropped in an empty bath. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. 
<laughs> you know, I ref- okay. I refuse to believe any of these people have had sex. I'm sorry, but like, right? Um, oh. Do you know what, David? Actually, in retrospect, this is starting to sound quite good. So, how about you lead us into the Council Pop Chronicles Volume One? Well, <laughs> before we go to that, why don't we just do some little news nuggets? Yeah, a little, little bit of warm up yeah, before okay. we get to the to the main course. Uh, I'm I'm immediately skeptical that this is going to be worse somehow than usual. Well, I mean, let's let's start by the renewed effort to get everybody back to work. Uh, this was today's thing. Uh, this is now also, of course, becoming natural. The government doesn't actually announce a policy. They leak it via some anonymous minister to the press, see how everybody responds, and then make the policy afterwards. So the new thing is that, like, at least within the civil service, um, if you don't go back into the office, you should have your pay cut said the anonymous minister, uh, commuter costs are in your salary so that if you don't commute, if you aren't going into work, you don't deserve the terms hmm. and conditions yeah, if you're not going I into got, work. Uh, that's can... horse shit, though, because, like, no, literally no job pays you for your fucking commute. Exactly. Like, you're not getting... And also, have you seen how much it fucking costs to get anywhere at yeah, any time? Uh, not <laughs> like... just that, but uh, can anyone remind me what, see, what increases more year on year? Is it wages or is it train fares? Hmm... It's, questions it's, that need answering yeah much to mm. think about <laughs> I suppose it depends on whether I suppose <laughs> it depends on whether you're the executive no it, it depends on whether you're the executive for a train company because then both increase year on year right <laughs> this is also yeah. true yeah. so true. what else did Ian Duncan Smith say <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced it was him this is absolute. this has him written all fucking over it is he well, a I mean, he's, minister though no he's like, not well then it probably isn't him Ah, but why would they say it was a government minister? If, it's, know, uh, I, I, I'm guessing... They could just say it's anyone. Someone telling I'm, lies in the media. Say yeah, it ain't oh, so. No, <laughs> no I'm, guessing, I'm guessing this is the Treasury, and I don't think it's Rishi Sunak. I think it's Kwasi Kwarteng. That would be my guess. But yeah, there's now also a suggestion, at least from within the civil service, that if you don't come back into the office, you won't get a promotion because you're not there for that, you know, cool water cooler chat in which all the real meetings happen. Um, I love to highlight all the problems of office work and like you know cliqueiness and you know proper exclusionary social tactics and stuff and then just go but actually they're all cool and good and we should do more of them. Yes. Yeah, it's just it's just fucking man- managers having a panic attack. It's like if the, if people aren't physically in the office for like some fucking like jumped up prick to like lean over your shoulder and complain that you're not doing fucking spreadsheets properly or some shit. Then they don't have a reason to exist. I feel yeah, attacked. All like, do you know what I mean? Fa- famously, all fucking... the two industries in the UK are spreadsheets and racism. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. But I mean, there is a third uh, industry, of course, and that's the commercial real estate sector. That's why mm. comes like, uh, sorry, Labour peers like Alan Sugar are whining that, you know, if you're not in the office, then you are less than a human being. And if you're not, you know, ordering sandwiches at Pret, then clearly you should just be hung and quartered in the public square. Did you see that? Um, did you see that other thing about Alan Sugar this week? Did he fall down a well? No, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I hoped he would die soon. <laughs> well, well, is, is, are you are you retiring your your current Twitter account again? Yeah. Like. Well, I think I think didn't two of his siblings die? I'm pretty sure that like two of his family members died of COVID or siblings. Yeah, and he's still like, yeah, everybody needs to get back in the office, and COVID is bullshit. Yeah, but I mean, you got to understand what we're actually hearing here is an almighty gnashing wail of my portfolio yes. when it comes yeah. to housing and to property in general. I mean, Rishi, Rishi Sunak did, was not maybe the minister with the blind quote, but he definitely popped up in support of this set statement. 
saying that he had found it really beneficial to work in an office environment early in his career and doubted whether or not he would be able yeah, to bring... Yeah, but not now. <laughs> yeah, <And> see, <laughs> for some reason. See, I think, I think if he says that, that then that to me screams he's a... <laughs> oh my God. I was I was gonna say it screams he had a very easy fucking job out of uni. I'm mm. pretty sure he screams. went to work for Goldman Sachs, didn't he? Isn't that his yeah, first like, job? Yeah, but like no one fucking does any work there. Come on, it's all like, performative work, right? Yeah, it's you know it's like you look like you're doing work. But that, I mean that's and that's, and that's exactly it. Like, it's the uh, this the illusion of being productive is much more important than the actual doing. Anything productive? Yeah, like while you're it's, at work. The, it's the looking if, busy well, factory. If his if his no. job was at first job was at Goldman Sachs, I'm not saying he did this, but like it's probably good working there because you're probably coked up half the time. Yeah, I was anyway. going to say, so, like, like if well. anything, it just trains your nasal cavity to be like rock hard at some point. <laughs> it also, I mean, it depends because not all positions at Goldman Sachs are created equal. Some of them do involve a ridiculous amount of work, as in like really actually quite inhuman conditions when you get yeah, down to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then some of them, some of them are very much. I'm going to take coke. I'm going to make two phone calls. I'm going to fiddle with the numbers on my terminal. I mean, I'm going to clock off for a long lunch. So it really depends. And I'm going to guess that he, of all people, did not start at the really deep end of I'm going to work like 16, 18 hour days. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Goldman Sachs upped its minimum salary for like starting whatever's they are there, um, like uni graduate schemes to. I think it was a hundred and ten thousand US dollar now a year pre bonus mm. uh, to like compensate for like the ninety <laughs> plus to like compensate <laughs> for like the ninety plus hours that like you work there every every week as a as just, a junior. Just as a reminder, these places have something like a minimum of like a fifty percent annual bonus of your salary. Like it's just standard. It's insane. I, I, I don't know what the what the minimums are, but the bonuses are quite generous. Yeah, I mean. The minimums are bad, but the bonuses are very, very good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, speaking of things that may be not so good... I don't know if you guys have been following this along, but I mean, I mean, to be fair, with that segue, you could be talking about literally anything. At yeah. This stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is sort of one of these things that sort of been rumbling along vaguely in the background, and there was that documentary a while ago. I think it was Channel Four, um, and this was in the FT yesterday, piece by Emiko Terrazano and Davi Giglione, um, that nearly a third of the world is now food or nutrition insecure. Um, now that's mainly developing countries, but Western countries are starting to catch up now. Like nine percent mm-hmm. um, of all people in North America and Europe are now regularly going hungry. Say so it after me: most efficient distribution of resources. Yes, um, <laughs> particularly hard hit. Would it surprise you to know are the self-employed uh, people on temporary contracts and the informal economy, because none of them have structured benefits like sick pay or unemployment. So, so when that's you're the off the job sector done then yeah. basically yeah <laughs> yeah well these people if they're short of cash should get a job at like Tesco pouring bleach into like skips full of food at the end of every day yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah that way you get the pick of the bunch <laughs> uh, straight actually haha funny story um I got a mate who and I'll be nice here because they might actually be traceable based on my social media I have a mate who works at a supermarket and I won't name it and uh, they got given the bleach pouring duty. And Jeez. they also have, like, it's not just pouring bleach, they also lock them. Like, so they, they open them, pour bleach on them, close them, and lock them, essentially. And so um, they told me 
that they have a fucking assistant manager comes and stands whenever they unlock the bins to make sure that they don't take anything before putting it in the bin and pouring bleach on it. Because if you want to take something, you have to use your staff discount. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, my uh, my, my partner's uh, sister is the same. Yeah, you can't just take food at the end of the day. Even if it's going out of date, you have to pay half price or something for it. I genuinely yeah. thought you were going to say they lock the bins to keep Keir Starmer out of them. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Sinan, <laughs> are you okay? Are you, are you I'm okay, right, mate. For, for the listeners and for the people I'm podcasting with, I had the vaccine yesterday. <laughs> like, uh. I, am, I had to read the book that we're going to be talking about in a bit and had the vaccine, all right? I am not doing very well. <laughs> Phil Fight Madness. To be fair, having an assistant manager for the bins is maybe the most British position possible. Yeah, remember when your assistant manager was hard. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's not just so, like, in the UK, I tried to look up some numbers. It's hard to get, like, a full fix on them because they're not always uh, up to date and they haven't always been up to date, certainly since COVID. But it hovers somewhere between 8 and 10% uh, food insecure, and that essentially means you don't always know where your next meal is coming from. Um, and like after COVID now, 22% of all Italians now live in poverty. They live below the poverty line, 22% of everybody in Italy. So that's like, that's another country that's, that's going to do very well. Um, oh, and I was, mia. and I was talking a bit earlier about, um, America as well. And food bank use in the U S is up 55% post COVID and 45 million people are now food insecure. I think that's almost one in six if you're to, or maybe one in seven now if you're talking okay, about but the has United anyone States. has anyone considered how hard done by the landlords are mm. every second of every oh, single yeah. day jamie yeah god every day i have to see a fucking landlord post uh, that's it that's it no, <laughs> yeah. they're not even about anything specific <laughs> like it still enrages me no matter what it is the, the thing is like this problem uh is very likely to become much worse um, there's currently a huge yeah, spike you, in you save, food prices. Uh, it's it's you, booming. You save out. You save out, Rob. You say it's all doom and gloom, but from what I hear, the grapes of wrath are doing quite well. Really strong vintage <laughs> coming right. along. That's true. That's true. The microclimate for the grapes of wrath is very good, and this it's, it's a banger. It's going to be a vintage year for sure. Uh, yeah, much anticipating the wine of wrath. <laughs> okay, I want that bottle now. I need like a label of that on a bottle. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. It's blood red. Huh. Yeah. yeah. My favourite kind of wine. And so, rentals. Yeah, you, you open um, the bottle with a small guillotine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you can get a fairly sophisticated uh, contraption to like decant ports so none of the uh, particulates that the sediment in the bottom doesn't come out with, with the port. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the reason food prices are booming, it's not just the usual like uh, uh, stock market shenanigans. It's partly because there's really severe droughts. Um, oh. The American plains, like the, the harvests are down, I think, 20, maybe 40%. That's one of the key like bread areas of the world, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, Oops. Other, uh, who is yeah. responsible what, for that? I, I wonder what could be causing the droughts. Ah. Oh, uh, well. Like, can't uh, figure home, it out. Gay marriage, I think, is what we're going for. Well, it's because all the rain we- fell in Europe this year. That's why. Yeah, yeah exactly. Europe stole has the more, rain. Europe has more gay marriage than America. Therefore, the rain <laughs> fell in Europe. That's Correct. how it works, right? <laughs> Everyone in Europe is wet. 
Yeah. So the the prediction I think of the FAO is that food prices in general could rise to uh or could rise by almost five percent by the end of next year. So if you're already food insecure and like sort of teetering on the edge, that's not cool. going to be good news. Um, this is all going to be interestingly compounded by the other I thing love that I'm contradictions hating. Yeah, mm. that's. <laughs> That's what that's what we call the good news zone, I think. Yeah, but the, the good news is that high. the good news though is that bleach is down. So who's losing, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, so I mean, the one last thing that I wanted to talk about is sort of a, a slightly related question, which is, well, how's the food going to get to the supermarket near you anyway? Oh no, um, it won't because there isn't any. We just covered that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the UK logistics. Just get it, some. Just get some stout men to eat it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how they used to do it back in the day before lorries. Yeah. So yeah, I mean yeah. we're a when bit short. Deals on, were hard. On, yeah. on, we're a bit short on yeeters. Um, we're short a uh, hundred. <laughs> short on what, Rob? Uh, <laughs> it's a job. Don't complain. It's, it's honest work, okay? Oh <laughs> yeah, we fuck. Are we doing Rob for pronouncing words we've just made up? Words <laughs> yeah, just made up. <laughs> So the UK logistics industry is uh, about 100,000 lorry drivers short, and the supply chains are really starting to get cracked and fucked at this point. Uh, primarily, it's food and retail because they have very sh- uh, just-in-time supply chains, so they need the lorries to come all the time, in just in time to make sure the food supermarkets are full. Um, but the farming industry and construction is not far behind. Um, but this is not like a COVID-only problem. Even before COVID, the shortage was standing at about 60,000 lorry drivers. Um, that's mainly because a large part of the lorry drivers before were non-UK drivers, many of whom went home due to COVID, and because they're not listed as skilled workers, if you now want to <laughs> come I like mean, and work uh... as a UK lorry driver, you need the full set of immigration paperwork, which, of course none of them have and it's really difficult to get and it costs a lot of money so like that's why we're just I'm desperately gonna, short i'm gonna hazard a guess that um if you're like a fully qualified hgv driver your annual income is going to be less than the like 30 grand or whatever the fuck it is a yep. year you yeah. need to, to like skip the queue so that's that's i'm sure that there are no other con- contradictions in our society that are going to come to the fore in the, for- no, in the foreseeable future that's yeah, why think- um three thousand lorry drivers are threatening to go on strike on august 23rd because of the low pay and shitty working conditions so you know there, there is yeah. that it's, it's a fucking yeah. hard job yeah they should be paid more yeah also, i wouldn't, fucking, I wouldn't fucking do that job yeah pay them more man uh, like if we're short of lorry drivers we should get on Twitch and just draft everyone who's playing Euro Truck Simulator. Okay, but like, I'm going to well, play that at some point, so no, because I can't drive. <laughs> like, don't, don't do this to me. Well, I mean, Jamie, you're See, not I'm like far wrong, because like to, to get, to overcome this like shortage, the government has already like uh, significantly... Are, they, are, you about, are you seriously about to fucking tell me the government <laughs> is going to do the last Starfighter but for lorry drivers? Yes! <laughs> This well, is you know, perfect. I, I genuinely am in favour of this plan, if only because it means we get to see Limmy being a truck driver. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know live you, streaming it. Judging by some of the stuff he did when he was playing it, I mean, <laughs> could go wrong. What could go wrong? Who I mean, say? the government has already significantly eased like <clears throat> the difficulty. You you need to get like a qualification for HGVs. 
and they've already cut a bunch of technical measures. That, <laughs> yeah, like, you have a minimum number of hours in Euro Truck Simulator has been lowered. Well, there is also additional hours because they've what they've also done is if you're an existing HGV driver, there's like a max normally of nine hours a day which you're allowed to drive an HGV. But now twice a week you can drive 11 hours a day. So this is making the existing pool of drivers more exhausted, and I can't see anything that could possibly well, what go, they, what go they wrong need there. To do, what they need to do is have those drivers live stream their journeys on a certain popular like streaming platform and have chat spend bits to play like Inception horns at them as they start to nod off. <laughs> Look out, the chat coming lane. The chat plays bits to play my Keith drop where I'm getting a blowjob drop out of the windows. I'm just, rem- I'm just remembering that uh, startup that was making hats for truckers that if they started to oh, nod off they would start making loud noises <laughs> yeah absolutely fuck those guys do you know what i mean yeah no it is no jamie's right it is far funnier if you can just pay like 200 bits for the old and just wait and fucking shit themselves <laughs> away that's perfect well i mean the government has a slightly different answer uh is they are they have put all the qualified hgv drivers in the army on reserve and they are putting being put out to like do medical transport putting them in the army is an interesting choice can i just check something david can i check am i correct in thinking that if you learn to drive hgv in the army it's a much lower bar than if you learn it in civilian space am i correct in that um probably from memory any driving test that you do i don't know if they still do it this way but for the standard driving test they would just get you to drive around the base and then they would pass you off, and then you would have like a driving license that was also a civilian driving license, which is obviously <laughs> okay. massively fucking that inadequate. Completely um, good. Um, I, like I dare say the HGV stuff is a little bit more, if only because it means that you can get like a proper course out of it, and if there's a course in it, it means those instructors can make time off it, and someone can feel important about it. So probably the HGV <laughs> the stuff HGV isn't quite as bad. The drill sergeant is yelling at me to get off of Twitch and get into my truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, the bigger, I, the I bigger problem had, is that I even... just had a vision of the papers running like a, a sort of like scare article about Euro Truck Simulator because they worry that Al Qaeda is like training people to do like, like <laughs> 9/11. On it. But wait, so wait, we're literally getting the army in, is what's happening yeah. here. But I mean, there's a slight the second truck has hit the distribution center. This well, is I mean, the Daily Mail's dream. They're getting a, the army in. There's a slight problem with getting the army in because even if you add in all the qualified HUV drivers that the army has, there's only 2,000 of them and we're 100,000 short. So, so you're saying we're going, to, we're going to invade the trucks and then we're not going to be sufficient, so we'll need a surge for our invasion of the trucks. Oh, is God, that where we're basically going, going with this? going to do war crimes to the trucks. <laughs> oh, no. what, we need, what we need is longer trucks. Mm. I believe, yes. I believe yes. like, Jamie, I believe they're called trains. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, if only we'd invested in that infrastructure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, they're, they're basically communists, so it's never going to happen. Well, you have them in yeah. Australia. Uh, you can, I mean, along with the uh, immigration point system, we can import those Australian, I think they're called road trains. They are like mm-hmm. HGVs with like you, six or you, seven uh, Are you thinking of Mad Max it. again? <laughs> no, he's, he's not. <laughs> he's not real things. I can't, I can't wait for only... the Mad Max universe to be real so I can play guitar, play a guitar with a flamethrower on it while we chase a uh, dude down. 
literally everyone thinks they'd get to be the doof warrior in the apocalypse. <laughs> and it's like, absolutely. They, they don't need that many of the fuckers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a saturated market, it's really. A, it's a job for life, that. I'm very content to be the bleached skeleton in the desert sun. I'm, I am, I'm volunteering yeah. for you that position. You only get, you only get to like ride the doof wagon if your dad rode the, the doof wagon. <laughs> I'm afraid there's nothing for you but being the spray paint inspector. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, sorry, but no one here is going to be the doof sun. The, the, the one good news to come out of this is that, um, at least so far as the big supermarkets are concerned, all of them, except co-op for some reason, are like offering like significant like cash bonuses and, and much higher pay and, and better conditions. So it's not that bad. The only thing that I thought was just the usual fucking embarrassment is that um, Tesco, apart from offering more money, is also telling its HGV recruits that they will be Tesco's ambassador on the road. Oh god, oh. Some, some fucking marketing dipshit is so proud of that, and I hate No, that's them. HR. That's for sure that's some yeah. fucking HR clown. Yeah. I'm just picturing a, a truck, like, you know what I mean? Like, barreling down the, the, the motorway, the driver's asleep, and he's got, like, a, a small car pinned across the front of his, like, engine as he's just steaming <laughs> down, and people are screaming everywhere, but there's, like, a guy handing out Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> fucking hell so yeah I mean ambassador with your tea boning my car you're really spoiling me (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell Uh, so yeah I mean look forward to higher food prices and empty shelves certainly a combination of things that if I remember my history correct has only led to good outcomes for everybody involved nothing bad has ever happened as a result of that no. Yeah, I mean, if you listen, if you listen to history teachers, nothing bad has ever happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we had like World Scuffle Two, and we won it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it was great, and everyone fucking thought it was class. That's that's all they teach in British schools. Do you know what I mean? History was just a, a, a an endless procession of how great the British are, and nobody ever, nobody ever had hard feelings. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember particularly that was there was that World War One Christmas kick around. Yeah. That was that was that, that thing was, that was where everyone came the, together. The, the full four years of the war was that one fucking like football match. And- yeah, they were playing to see who won the war. That's yeah. that's what was going on, right? Like- and thus, the World Cup was born. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. I think this is. It's after World War One that they changed the rules of football that people no longer have to die to be subbed out on the pitch. I think that's how it works. <laughs> Are you confusing uh, football with blood bowl? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> it would be uh, so like much a better else. game if it was just Blood Bowl. Should we just sack this episode off and go play Blood Bowl? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, we're no, going to no, we will not. We will uh, not. T- almost got away with it. <laughs> Dude, even I was tempted. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> no, because Sinan and I have done... This is the worst thing by a mile that I've ever uh, done for uh, this podcast. It feels like every week is the worst thing you've ever done. Yeah, so yeah, you've re- you just, you, you're bigging this up too much now. It's it's just going to be it's going to be all right, I think. No, I think, no, I think no. everyone's, just, everyone's just going to listen to it and go like, yeah, that wasn't too bad. Do you know what I mean? Sinan, yeah. do, you wanna, even, do you want to read the, uh, the, the introductory paragraph that we, uh, that we discussed that no, I think no. sets no, the wait, tone very on. well? Does somebody's dick rattle around on someone's teeth like a shower drop in the bath? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I need to remember what... what um... What paragraph this was? You know, the problem is, even if this is absolutely terrible, right, if me, Jamie, and Alistair all go on strike, they've brought a scab in, like, so (laughs) they'll still be able to continue. (laughs) 
podcasting See, when Rob, says, when Rob has... says he's got that paragraph on him, I'm going to assume it's tattooed on him like the guy from Cape Fear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've turned my body into prison break, except it's quotes from Jess Phillips' new book. And he's got a Polaroid that says, don't believe her lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Do anyone know any other films where people have shit tattooed all over their bodies that we want to reference? Uh, Red Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Except Red Dragon shit, so let's let's uh, yeah, let's, let's move on. Manhunter instead. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Sin and I and I have read, and we will spend quite a lot of co- of the coming time discussing uh, the new book by Jess Phillips. Everything you really oh. need to know about politics. It is three hundred pages in the hardcover, and uh, I did a quick word count. In three hundred pages in the hardcover, there are two thousand and seventy six mentions of the word I. The word me is in there 398 times, and the word my is in there 683 times. So it, by rough count, that's at least six to 10 I, me's, and my's per page of this book. <laughs> that was kind well, of low. We, we've reached a singularity of self-referential <laughs> pronouns. Hey, I'll say this, I'll say this for her. At least you know she actually wrote it. This isn't a ghostwriter. <laughs> oh no, I, I have thoughts. Uh, yeah, we've this is yeah, definitely yeah. the case. Oh like, no. But just to give you a taster, let me just give you a a flavor of what's to come uh, in this book. I'll read you this very good paragraph from the introduction. Um, At times, Westminster is less a palace of legislation and more a real-life simulation of Bowser's castles in Super Mario. Luckily, I spent the entire summer holiday of 1992 smashing Super Mario Bros. 3 on the original Nintendo at my mate Bryony's place. If only crushing the big boss in Parliament was as simple as jumping on his head three times. But okay, bow- was, um, was Super Mario Bros. 3 out for the original Nintendo? Because the word Super in front of the title suggests to me that it was on like the second Nintendo. No, 3 was no, on the first. She's- Jamie the resident fact checker <laughs> Bowser was an easy foe to slay in comparison to the years of ingrained privilege and entitlement that currently grip the politics of our country a pair of Italian plumbers would have very little chance of smashing it and as for Princess Peach she would fell as well in Westminster as she does in the game See, now, the interesting thing about this is if she just played Super Mario Bros. 1, right, the very first one, she'd have learned that it's very easy to kill Bowser if you just use an axe. (laughs) We have confirmed that Jess Phillips is in fact a gamer, which does explain some of the racism issues, I imagine. (laughs) So... Well, she's also a Harry Potter fan. Um, The Palace of Westminster... Of course she is. Oh, yeah... (laughs) I'm gonna. I'm gonna bet that she considers herself a fucking Gryffindor, doesn't she? I, I mean, you... ultimately, who cares? I'm not want... front. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want you to see what Westminster is really like, so you don't think it's a fiction like Hogwarts, and that members of Parliament oh. are neither all evil like Voldemort nor perfect like Hermione Granger. Perfect oh. like Hermione oh. Granger. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's very oh. obvious who she thinks she is. Yes. Like, oh, I, I, I took I took actual psychic damage from that one. I told God you. Damn. I told you all. Like, <laughs> I warned you, bro. I warned yeah. you. <laughs> this is what happens when you read from the book. Um, now, before we get fully started on the book, I want to place two caveats at the We're start. We're not started on the book. Um, no, this is the uh, I, I want to say two things quite genuinely. Um, that. Every time she talks about specifically about her work on uh, violence against women, she seems incredibly 
real and passionate and heartfelt. So, like, we won't make jokes about that or question her integrity on her work there because we that... will, however, make the caveat that what her definition of woman is does not align with the definition of woman that we have. Yes, that is certainly yes. yeah. But the work she does there so is is incredibly. She seems very genuine when she talks about that, and she does seem to have a good okay, but, head on that. But we do not got to hand it to her. No, but no, we do you not got to hand it to her. It, she does. She does good work yeah. again on violence against some women. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to say is um, there are some descriptions in this book about some of the violence, both online and certainly in person, um, meted out to her and her staff. That seems fucking horrifying and like what the fuck and like whilst we will spend the rest of this book slagging off the rest of this pod slagging off this book and we should and we will um you know there are limits and you know what some things are not broadly acceptable having got that out of the way i had a question for you sinan right before we started recording i don't know if you've had some thoughts about this which is my question who is this for like who is the intended audience of this book because it's something i haven't been able to, to work out me well it's I mean, well, yeah, apparently like. it's this podcast but like um it's not many people <laughs> i'll give it judging from the quality of the writing it's not going to be many people um, is the answer and i think that i'm gonna ask this question quite a lot is the answer jess phillips i was gonna say it's if it's not jess phillips it's jess phillips close personal friends who will get to be like look my mate's got a book i was, like, I was gonna say i was gonna say mitch ben <laughs> is probably it? yes i'm, I'm gonna I'm going to go out on a limb here. Is it Jess Phillips because this is a book that whether or not it sells, she will have been paid for as part of her reward that she gets for being the person she is in the system that we have? Is is that the answer? Well, in a sense, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> in, in, a fair, in a material sense, does it for not sure. Have, does the book not have one of those bits inside like the, the first couple of pages where it tells you who it's for? Oh, the acknowledgements, those are at the end. Those um, are horrifying, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, the bit that's at the start, the bit that's, that's at the start is, like, the people who have, like, commented on the book about how great it is, and it's just a fucking cursed set of people. Yeah, it's, uh, it, the per the people named, like, giving uh, glowing quotes for her previous works are Robert Webb, Gabby Hinsliff, oh. Caitlin Moran, <laughs> oh. and Stylist Magazine for some fucking reason. I didn't didn't even know there was a Stylist Magazine. Stylist Magazine I, is I, one I, of those ones they give out for free. I, at train I don't stations. believe you, Sinan. With I, that hair of I've yours, you read of, Stylist Magazine. I've never heard of Stylist Magazine, but it, like they're they're not coming across well in that company. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think like, it's like for 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 somebody who who reads Grazia or something like upper middle class Grazia readers. I think that's that's no, no, it's not. It is literally giving away free at train stations. It's your evening metro, basically. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And since since you mentioned them, Robert Webb, Webb can get to fuck. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. In an ideal world, like an overly tired lorry driver would just plow into him at a crossing yeah. somewhere. <laughs> By accident, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, well, Twitch chat desperately played Inception horns at the guy. <laughs> One of the big things this book keeps trying to like, and how she writes it, is that Jess Phillips wants you to know that she's normal. Jess Phillips is just like you. She's normal. And that's very important. Yeah. Very normal. She's, Not she's... in the normal island sense. In yeah. a, well, actually, I guess it is, yeah. given that she's like now. John but... Cena voice, are you sure about that? 
but there's this constant repetition of you know i go home on the weekends and sometimes i get pissed and i post funny photos on my instagram and i'm you know i'm babs i'm the woman in down in the pub yeah. and you know it's all yeah, that I, shit. i hang out with i hang out with that prick in the top hat who has like the fucking old lady follow him everywhere in case he needs sucked off in a hurry <laughs> <laughs> only only mentioned like twice that dude by the way yeah that's true yeah he... that's twice more than any book i would choose to read <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be fair i think this this smacks very strongly of i have studied Keir starmer's candidacy very closely and come to the understanding that people find him unrelatable look i'm relatable <laughs> is that like, about right i mean but, she's but been like, like this forever shit. yeah this is she's she's like an authentocrat through and through and this yeah. is like the the like magnum opus of authentocracy, I guess. Like, oh God! Yeah, um, that is not a phrase I ever wanted to hear. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is what this is what people bring me on to shit for. Yeah, that. I mean, shall we just shall we just get 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 stuck into the introduction? Please, uh, fucking God, can yeah. we? Um, <laughs> can we get through this book? <laughs> So she essentially starts by writing some shit, essentially why I'm involved in politics, and she gives four reasons as to why she's involved in politics. Um, is one of them council pop. Nope. Uh, first <laughs> no, but is, one of them will not surprise you. Uh, the first of them is, I wanted to change the world. Um, ju just because someone took away your benefits doesn't mean there's suddenly a cushy job waiting for you, one that you're qualified for and that you can get to and that works around your childcare. Many Wait, of sorry, my... is, this, is, this, um, is this something to do with wanting to change the world? Uh, yeah. Uh, many oh, of... Okay, I'm just checking I haven't had a stroke there, you know what I mean? Because that just didn't seem to... Many of my conservative colleagues do think that, and it's not because they hate the poor. They genuinely think that being tougher on low-income families will help them. Oh, Shit, they go fucking fuck don't. No, they fucking don't. They genuinely you don't think... Like... Absolute fucking rude. <laughs> no, no, yeah. for real. Like, <laughs> she's just like... My my like primary note on this entire thing is Jess Phillips is fucking stupid. Yeah, she is like, pretty fucking like, stupid. Yeah. This, like this this book convinced me more than anything that she's a fucking idiot. Like so, just... hang on. So you don't think she's playing uh, like an angle here? She's not trying to convince people. She just genuinely, honestly believes this shit. Well, well no, see the I, thing is, I, like, I wouldn't open up my book with. I have fully fallen for an ancient ruse that everyone knows to be false. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't open yeah. with that if I was going to try and pitch myself well, as someone who should be listened to. Well, one of the other reasons she, she lists for being... For the, impression to be... I've, the impression I've got of her so far from this book is that she's British politics as Ralph Wiggum. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but bafflingly, she also says... Um, one of the reasons that she wants to be in politics is because she she comes out and says, "I wanted a career in politics." But oh my! But, but, but we but the thing just, is, we fucking she just knew. said it. Yeah, my gosh, she, she just said it. it. So wait, she she wanted a career in politics because she wanted a career in politics. Yes, and because yeah. she wanted to change the world, you and see, because she grew up politically, and blah blah. You um, see why I think she's stupid. <laughs> the first. <laughs> The first rule of Tautology Club. <laughs> oh, wait, wait till you hear some of the chapter titles, man. Like, yeah, fuck me. Um, <laughs> I mean, but bafflingly, right after she says, I wanted a career in politics, she says, right, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is, she's writing right after she's elected. I had no particular sense of mission or clear plan for the future. I just wanted to be a worker ant in the halls of change. In the halls of change? What? Yes. Just, the halls of change. Yes. 
God, I can feel my organs rearranging having to reread this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, Definitely Jess, Jess, Jess Phillips' book impregnated Sinan. <laughs> Definitely the halls, not the halls of change. The halls of change. <laughs> not the hall. <laughs> H-A-L-L-S, not the halls. Okay, right, fair enough then. Yeah. I, I was sorry, for a second there, I was picturing like the Amagala fault style, like this hall was made for me. <laughs> Uh, but it's, I mean... They go in naive and, like, hopeful and wanting to make change and they come out Jacob Rees-Mogg akin, you know? I mean, Jesus. yes, it's not a bad analogy for Parliament. I mean, or, she, or she's one of those ancestors being infected by the cordyceps fungus that's just, like, standing at the edge of the leaf waiting for, for themselves. Waiting for a Tory to come along and co-opt them. I wanted to be involved in the seed pod of politics. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this baffling contradiction already in the introduction, which is like, I have a sense it's of high purpose. It's not just a contradiction that's baffling, to be honest, like. <laughs> yeah. I have a sense of high purpose. I wanted to be in politics. I want to do important things there, but I don't know what it is to do. And my highest ambition, she's like a Lib Dem. Like, she wants to be in the halls of change, <laughs> I mean, but she doesn't, well, yeah, but in second no, place. Yeah, oh my God. It's oh, wanting to have power for the for power's sake, not to not oh. arrive there with any particular yeah, interest in wielding it, it, it in someone. It, is, ex- it is extremely, I want the status. Yeah. But I mean, she does want oh, to do it. things. And like, one of the things that she keeps hammering on, and I'll, I'll read a bit for you, including the first footnote, because as Sin and I have discussed, so, there's real horror hidden in the footnotes and you, I'll, uh, you have to get some of them. And so she's really on like, I, this book is meant to demystify politics and make it real and make it actual so, you know, you normal plebs can understand what it's like to be an MP. All right. Mm-hmm. Too many people think that all politicians are morally bankrupt gold diggers who spend all their times on yachts with newspaper editors and tech lobbyists because that's the stuff that makes the headlines. No wonder we are one of the most hated professions in the country. And here she does a thing that she'll do again and again in this book. She'll bring up unnamed random people who walk up to her and say very apt things. <laughs> a, a woman in my a woman in my local Greg's once said to me while serving me a steak. Oh, the, shut no the fuck piss up, like, off. You know what I mean? Is this is, unless unless she's about to tell the I was being racist in Greg's anecdote? No. Then like this didn't <laughs> fucking happen. I want to know what her Greg's order is. A woman. What is her actual basic she, Greg's she order? She wasn't allowed order anything. No, no, no. She, no for being racist. No, she she will <laughs> specify her her Greg's order in the footnote. Um, a a woman in my local <laughs> a woman in my local Greg's once said to me while serving me a steak bake. I guess I, the taxpayer, oh. am paying for this steak bake. No I'm afraid to tell you, like dear that. reader. Yeah. No one says that. No one. I am afraid to tell you, dear reader, that parliamentary expenses do not cover my steak bakes. The only taxpayer who funds my steak bakes is me. That's not even what that means. <laughs> yeah, oh like, my god. Yeah, I wonder what I wonder what, what MP salaries are paid like, out of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> famously MP salaries are just paid from a mysterious magic money tree that is unrelated to anything else. I mean, I guess it may as well be at this point. And then here's like, the here's the hell. further further entrenching the the fact that Jess Phillips doesn't it's, know a fucking thing about the economy. It's so stupid because if she wanted, like, hang on, surely if you were writing this for the purpose she appears to be writing it, you'd have them say something like, "I suppose you'll get to expense this then." 
Like, you know, and then go, sadly, Rita, we do not get to expense things. It's paid for my salary. That'd be a more... F- just fuck me. Right now, I'm starting to get angry. This <laughs> well, is good. Let's go. Just say, keep going. I, I want to add a note here, which is that this very obviously has not been edited or has been edited very poorly and they made with her money, made off with her money. Yeah. So, like... It's incredibly irritating. Like, Sin and I both really wanted to just, like, edit this book because there's just really baffling shit in it all the time. Um <sighs> But I'll just read you the footnote, because like I said, there's, there's horrors hiding in the footnote. Added footnote. Other bakes are available from other outlets, but let's face it, you cannot ba- beat a Greg's steak bake. When the Greggs opened at Westminster Station, it was genuinely more an event for those in Parliament than the Queen's speech at the opening of Parliament. A Westminster- I'd love to read a fucking book of Facebook posts by my nan. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Westminster office is now in- considered incomplete without a half-eaten pack of yum-yums in it. See, they're oh. just normal Do you know what people. It is like? normal. Does she want to fucking? Does she want to reel off any more things they sell in Greg's to prove how like down with the fucking working man she is? <laughs> I kind of like the pizza from Greg's to be fair. So like, I don't know. Um, I'll just. Oh, I mean, I'll I'll eat literally any shit from Greg's. It's fucking great. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't believe I, for a second that she does. I, I live, I, I live like four minutes from two Gregs. So yeah, um. Gregs is great. It's just not hers. No, Gregs is not great. Gregs stopped doing the macaroni pie. They've been dead to and me. You since. just never forgiven them, David. No, I've not, and I never will. Bring back the macaroni pie. <laughs> if we could get you original Iron Brew and a macaroni pie, would you die happy? I fucking would. By the way, I would actually actively fucking kill myself straight after having that to ensure <laughs> that I died on the fucking highest note possible. This is, this is just this is just rapidly turning into a fucking Facebook group, isn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, this is what I, like, and that ma- that woman in Greg's name was Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when, Remember when you used to be able to get the macaroni pie like dipped in iron brew? <laughs> Very unhappy with the amount of Harry Potter references in this bit. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is sadly disappointing. There's also only two direct re- West Wing references, which is less than I thought there would be. Um, so shall we? Uh. We'll move then on, I think, to um, chapter one. People care about Potter. <laughs> That wasn't even fucking chapter one. No, that was the introduction. Uh, chapter one is called "People Care About Potholes." Can we have? Can colon. we have? A, can we have a break halfway through for me to get another bottle of pills out? The yes, cupboard? we will. Break has actually been planned into this episode. Rob, what was the uh, title of the chapter right. again? Yeah, let me try that again. Um, the chapter of title one is, and all the chapter titles are ghastly. Um, is people care about potholes? Colon getting elected. So you see why I wanted to edit this book. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't feel I don't feel like any of us owe Jess lips much, if anything. No. So she so, tells some some very very like ba- ba- basic story about her being normal in her normal Birmingham home, and you know she's just called by the Labour Selection Committee and said we're picking you to be our candidate, and she yells downstairs to her normal husband, the lift engineer, about whom much more later. Um, and he's watching telly, and he shouts, "Should I?" She shouts, "Should I run for for parliament?" And he shouts back something like, "Yeah, whatever, sure, do it." Little did she know that her life was about to change forever. Oh my god! What year? What year was this? Uh, two thousand fifteen or fourteen, yeah, presumably. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. So like Lab- Labour's lowest ebb. Yes, was when they selected well, her. Then was it? Yes. 
Well, I mean, I think the lowest ebb is yet to come, to be fair. Well, um, yeah, up to that point. (laughs) If David has anything to say about it. Um, so yeah, so she, I mean, it's just guff about, uh, am I the right person to do this? Should I do this? Even though I've just told you in the previous chapter that I've wanted my whole life to be in politics and this is my big dream. I've got a feeling, I've got a feeling that all the questions she asks in this book can be like solidly answered with a no. And then bafflingly, what you don't see coming, what I think is very hard to see coming unless you read this book, she then spends several pages talking about why it's a bad idea to send dick pics. Yeah. Oh, all right then. I mean, <laughs> yes, this is this is a, this is a strangely horny book. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I won't lie, everyone. Why? Like, why is the book strangely horny? <laughs> like, there are a lot of references to like dick pics and like um, her husband being attractive. Which I mean, I googled the husband because there's a bit, there's a footnote that pissed me off. Would you believe? Um, <laughs> specifically written to piss me off, and we'll get to it. But like. I, yeah, I'm I fully mean, embracing the energy yeah. of Ralph Wiggum in a focus group right now. <laughs> and uh, so, like, the, the thing you get is there's two, if you follow the logic of Jack, Jess Phillips, there's two reasons to run for MP. Uh, you want to make the world a better... Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, I want to hear more about the dick pic. You, you want to make the world a better place, or, <laughs> or you have a... Um, kink for public exposure and the reason you send dick pics to people don't is because you kink. secretly want to get caught. She says kink, I don't. This she says fucking... that's the word. Yeah, that's a quote. I'm not even kidding. That's a quote. Oh, oh fucking hell. We shouldn't have read the book. <laughs> Sorry, so hang on. Who is sending the dick pics but she's saying it's a bad idea? Mayo and he's presumably Tories. That's sort of yeah, how... Yeah, I, 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 I get the read that this I'm... is a reference to a specific group of MPs who have done this. Like, that's the read I'm getting from this. I think it's, no, I think it's like, just like, metaphorically, there are two types of MPs. There's the the hardworking, honest kind who eat at Greg's and talk about council pop. And then there's the kind that just view being an MP as sending the entire nation a dick pic. Congratulations, you are a better writer than Jess Phillips. Yeah. Was that You could have saved us us a lot of pain if if that had just been the fucking book. I I genuinely, like, I don't know if Jamie has ever written a book or anything like it, but I guarantee you he's a better writer than Jess Phillips is. You don't know? Could you not take, like, an educated guess at that? I could guess, having read this book. (laughs) There are children who are better writers than Jess Phillips. Like... (laughs) Just. Yeah, so she says, oh, we had to take a lot of risks to run because we had to spend like a lot of our own money and lost income when I was campaigning and it cost a lot of money. She says it costs 35k to run for elections and other people, specifically male Tories, don't have those risks because they have a lot of money so they can just do it for funsies, uh, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- and that's why she like fucking inhaled oh. 70 grand when she ran for leader for 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But what a twenty minutes! Yeah. Like it yeah. was well, it was well worth. It was a, it was a well, grand. it was a well-funded like, twenty minutes. Yeah, like to to watch her collapse basically upon contact with any scrutiny, and then write a Guardian piece about how unfair the method of scrutiny was. No, that, that was, was a the, chef the, kiss. Like the specifics of that Guardian article were amazing because it was written the day after she like just face planted at a hustings with the other candidates like she just done really piss poor and then the next day she wrote an article in the guardian about how hustings are stupid and people shouldn't have to do them it was really frustrating <laughs> yeah yeah like the, the problem the problem she has is that she's as thick as pig shit yeah but she like, doesn't know, do you know what i mean 
Yeah, but that's that's the problem. Like it's it's like, like you know, and, all and, the Tories, and if you try and the... tell her, she'll act like you're abusing her, even though yeah. it's a statement of fact that she's yeah. as, she's thick as but pig shit. Like... All the Tories, like Reese Mogg and everyone, think she's great because she's like easily manipulated. Oh and yeah, she we'll thinks get to that. it's she thinks that like they just think she's great. And yeah. so and all the papers, <laughs> all the papers constantly bigged her up while Corbyn oh, was oh, leader. Yeah, was I like, do. Oh, I... Here's Jess Phillips, the the sense the the sense talking like Northern woman who eats at Greg's and the fucking... Northern woman from Birmingham, famous. Yeah, yeah. no, I think I think like... you'll find she's the honourable member for Dunning Kruger. <laughs> <certainly. laughs> <laughs> like, the, the press, she, pra- she practically the... admits talking shite every t- like at various points in this. Yeah, like, the she's press just spent like, four I fully years. They spent four years telling her she was mint because she kept saying, like, you know, oh, I'd stab Corbyn in the fucking eyes and I told <laughs> Diane Abbott to fuck off and all this other horse shit. Which and, she didn't actually do. Yeah, and, and the press, like, just loved that and she genuinely thought that that was... She couldn't see that that was just because she was fucking useful. And do you know what I mean? So she just goes through... She goes through life thinking that, ev- like, that the, the, the praise she gets from the press because she's useful to them and the praise she gets from like Jacob Rees-Mogg because her, her idiocy is useful to him is genuine praise and that she's great and that when she goes to her hustings she doesn't have to know anything she'll just naturally do well because people fucking love her yeah and then when that isn't true she's just like you know what I mean incredibly put out about it yeah I mean there's whole there's two whole chapters on dealing with the press coming later and like it is abundantly clear that she has no conception whatsoever that she's the useful idiot but just to come back to the how to get elected. So the first big, big bit of advice that we give is don't send dick pics. And the other bit of big bit of advice that she has is leaflets are really important. Like really important. She's mad about leaflets. And I mean, me, I mean, oh, I bet she's, I bet she's handed out some racist fucking leaflets in her time. <laughs> I mean, if you're if specifically you're just Phillips, with the word incursion on them, yeah, yeah. yeah. there is an I in incursion. <laughs> <laughs> If you're just Phillips, the way you get elected is by sitting in a, a seat that's held by the Lib Dems in the wake of them being going into coalition with the fucking Tories. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean come so, on. And the, the other, one of the other things you get throughout this book is these snippets where you get just her titanic levels of self-regard. So let me read you a little bit again, oh, and this fuck. is in, in reference to the leaflets. I wish that having a cracking Facebook page, a whip-smart Twitter account, and a good email list was enough to properly reach all the people my oh, constituency. We, we all love a good email list, don't we? In That's my constituency, right. but it isn't yet. People like to see you with potholes. This like, is- I mean, that, that's not oh. the fucking job of an MP. That's your yeah, local but they, council. No. But that yeah. does absolutely like, generate actually. the best pictures in local papers. See, local people angry at pothole is a <laughs> fucking amazing genre of picture. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's so it's, I good. It's a very, very and beautiful absolutely, piece of art. It's absolutely the level of... Um, the level of acknowledgement and, like perception that jess phillips should be afforded as person angry with pothole no more like i I would would here's the thing bins and potholes it's not what they actually are it's what they signify and what they signify is i'm going to demean myself to deal with this tedious bullshit that minorly irritates you and make myself your servant yeah and the public seems to like that. I mean, she genuinely... Oh, she, has... she mentions it. She genuinely yeah. has... There's genuinely an anecdote where she, like, has her husband run an errand, basically, like, for a voter. It's... Yeah. <laughs> she, she... she, I think she literally sinned, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's literally a line in this chapter where something like, 
what if whatever government offered a national tree pruning service, they would win in an election every single time. And I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, off. and I'm like, first of all, yes, they should offer that fucking service. There's so much shit in here where she's like, oh well, there isn't a service to do this, and I'm like, well, shouldn't there fucking be? Like, no, does it shouldn't. strike you as uh, like? <laughs> no, there shouldn't because the uh, you can't dream too big. You always have to meet yeah, in if the you middle. Give, if you give people services and do like do your fucking job and are useful, that's just like fantasy unicorn land. Yeah. And everyone knows the real politics is for the grown-ups who make the difficult decisions, which sounds so fucking difficult to just go, well, let's get elected and then never do fucking yeah. anything. And then the... Th- the th- yeah. The th- There's also a bit in this chapter where she seems to somewhat imply that she's comparable to AOC. Yes! Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking... That yes, is disgusting, especially when fucking Zara Sultana exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, I liked that a lot. Yeah. So I mean, and that's the the AOC thing is essentially in reference to her third point, and that's like the end of the chapter is like uh, you have to politicians have to have a brand, and you have to embody that brand because being a brand is important. And she's like, Jesus. And what if the brand could be me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. She's she's insanely jealous of like. There's a bit. She's insanely jealous of the fact that like AOC does like live streams where she's in her kitchen or whatever or goes on twitch she's like insanely jealous of that and to that all i have to say is jess phillips if you would like to come on my twitch um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my dms are open jess can... <laughs> phillips go on sinon's twitch from your kitchen and cook a microwave lasagna <laughs> no she has to specifically cook the turkish chicken dessert that's I <laughs> nothing less than that you know, Sinan, if you can't get actual Jess Phillips, I'm pretty sure I know a performer who'd be willing to come on your stream for reasonable rates. I've already got, like, I'm already, like, as as we discussed, uh, perhaps planning to hire a performer to play a certain other political figure. So, <laughs> all right. But I need to I need to get paid first for that. So, Chap- chapter two: Get out the vote. Uh, colon, why your vote counts. Another great fucking uh, title. It's just... Did that like, really need, need the colon? To, no, I mean, you don't need, no. You don't need either... You, you can have either part of that and it would be fine. It's, you don't need both bits. Yeah. And then it's all fairly... Boxed. No, but you see, the, the first rule of editing is that you should never, like, cut back on you things. Should you should add more words. Do, yeah. You should always do all the ideas at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of it's fairly bog standard stuff about, you know, uh, uh, make sure you transport people, ring them to get out, blah, blah, blah. And then much like the weird dick pic digression, there's, I think it's like three or eight pages worth of where she goes on about ballot spoiling and drawing dicks on the ballots. Yeah, yeah, she's very focused on the, she's very clear that if there was a dick drawn in the ballot box for her and the vote was close, she would, she wants that. Yeah. She wants it bad. (laughs) 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 let's uh let's be clear that's a universal thing for every party <laughs> yes um my it's... favorite one is I, I genuinely this happened in an election some guy in scotland some legend went down the ballot and put uh snp wank labor wank tory wank Scottish Greens, good guy, Lib Dem, wank, and that got counted as a vote for the Scottish Greens. I mean, there was a clear preference expressed, I think. Yeah. Oh, was it, yeah. which, which party was it that someone wrote, wrote a swastika in the uh, in the in the box and it got counted and it yeah. got counted and they were like, yeah, we want that. 
We want that. It was the Tories. Yeah. It was the Tories. Surprisingly. I mean, this is this is baffling disquisition about spoiled ballot, and it just goes on and on and it's also, like there's these there's this interesting one of the interesting things is the pop culture references because she's talking about taylor swift and all yeah that in this chapter as well which like i don't know hello fellow I kids think it's partly because there's nothing really interesting about vote counting like i i have been all up in that bullshit there's nothing really interesting the, the highlight of the evening is looking at the spoiled ballots yeah, i mean that's she, pretty much yeah. it but then she, I mean, there's a lot of garbage, but sometimes like the ideology and the way just she thinks like society not only is organized, but should be organized and, and how she organizes herself as well. It, and it becomes incredibly clear, like what kind of, like how very like middle of the road she is. And um, she she talks a bit. I mean, the thing is, she's sorry, like. It, it's, it, she talks a little bit about um, uh, like if you if you vote, you're get you're on a data sheet of active voters, and politicians get one, so you don't slip through the cracks, and that's how people know how to contact you and send you the all important leaflet. And then she 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 says this: I would like to spend time talking to voters who to people who don't vote to find why they are disenchanted with democracy, but time simply doesn't allow. And this makes our system poorer, in my view, because it pushes people who are disengaged fur- further out of a system that will disaffect their lives. But she just says, well, but I'm not going to chase after you because I don't have the time. I can only focus on the three registered swing voters, you know, and that's how you get these insane... Do you know, do you know what would help with that, though? Is having an energized and active and engaged base for your party who could reach those people. Weird. You know, I don't know what happened to that. Like that would that would probably help. Well, Sinan, you could have the best of both worlds. You could have an energized and active base, get elected to parliament, and then still vote on the fucking or not vote against the uh, Tory welfare bill in 2015. I mean, that's yeah. what I want my elected official to do in parliament to help the working class. Well, have we got the person for you <laughs> <laughs> and the book written by her? Yeah. In an election, the power shifts back from a dusty palace in London to your living room. And for as long as I take part in this process, nothing, no fancy parade of the queen in a crown past my off, past my office, or a brilliant speech on the steps of Westminster Hall by a US president, or a glitzy award ceremony, will ever be as thrilling as you saying to me on election day, don't worry, Bab. An election day only. <laughs> D- don't worry, Bab. I voted for you on the way to work this morning, so I've done my bit. It is everything I believe. Every late night and time away from my kid, every bad headline disappears on election day because it is about us doing something together. Cue Sorkin I'm sorry, music. but no, no fucking bad headline has ever disappeared on election day. She ever looked at a newspaper on election day? <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Like, some of the shit. It's like the worst day. Also, this is the chapter with the footnote that was a specific attack on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to read it, and you're going you're to understand. We once received a letter calling for my husband to attend the audition in Birmingham for Britain's Got Talent with his act, Tom's Turkish Dance Extravaganza, to this day. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I do not know which of his mates went to the bother of entering him. Which is a phrase. Uh, He is often mistaken for being (laughs) Turkish. However, he has no discernible Turkish dance talent. Excuse me. Like, this is stealing Turkish valor. I'm sorry, I'm not having it. Like, this is unacceptable. And I demand a full apology from her for this. Why, Why is he often mistaken for being Turkish? He looks slightly tanned. Because I he's a lift engineer and all lift engineers are Turkish. Yeah, that's maybe, right. I'm maybe actually a, a lift engineer. Like, <laughs> I imagine I'm this, this, sounds, this sounds like peak British bloke, this, where it's like, oh, that guy's got like a 
like a mustache he must be italian we'll call him italian <laughs> clive and like fucking do you know what i mean when it's his birthday we'll like just hire a fucking entire like army of pizza guys to turn up with, i mean like, jamie mustaches and fucking chef's hats and that Jamie, you're throwing stones in a glass house a little bit when one of your mates has got a nickname based on a pair of shoes you wore like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, do you know what I mean? That, that's not like racism though, is it? Is what I'm getting at. I suppose not, no. Well, it depends on the shoes, surely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to be fair. Like... All right, so chat. I mean, if there are a pair of clogs, Rob's within this right to be angry. <laughs> the Dutch are never within the right. No, yeah, they are the, not. The Dutch, the Dutch are on shaky ground in general. Look, I find, Dutch culture so... in general is something that should just be burned off the face of this planet, and I'd be mostly yeah, okay of, with of it. The... But Rob, it's just a harmless Christmas tradition. Come on, like, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I mean, you haven't heard what the postman was called. <laughs> all right so chapter three what does an mp do all day so this is essentially a week in the The life answer is fuck all pre-rona yeah um hang on no call on no 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 this is the only chapter that's reasonably titled yeah this is the only one i probably wouldn't edit Right, and Probably. It, it, it sort of opens up with, um, I'll just read it to you, because this it's is just, I mean, Jess Flips is very normal, but she also seems like an absolute delight to, to, to live with. Um, on a Monday morning, I wake up in Birmingham. I don't pretend to live in Birmingham. I don't just represent the city. I live here. So I wake up in Birmingham. See, repetition. That's how you know it's well edited. Um, mm. At 6.30 a.m. And like most parents... It's, like, it's to make sure you know that she's from Birmingham. And, yeah. and just like most parents, I spend the first part of my day endlessly shouting about shoes and PE kit or reading out spellings. Actually, scrap In that. Birmingham. Actually, scrap that. That was a lie. If my husband, my Turkish husband, were writing this, he would say... Husband brackets Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> You've, you... He would say, you've missed out on the first hour of the day where you lie on your side, annoying me in bed, going through messages and emails on your phone, checking Twitter, reading headlines, oh and making... Oh my god, it's a Facebook post again! And making yourself so stressed out by the time the kids emerge from their rooms at 7.30, you're in a foul mood, and everything we request assistance with is met either with complete silence while you stare at your phone, or you deliver an automatic set of responses such as, in a minute, I'm doing something for work. Chess Phillips got posters sounds brain. delightful. Poster's brain. I feel like, like I feel like this literally could just be answered with inbox me hun because <laughs> it's just just I yeah the 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 reality of politics is um like a, a rather banal home life domestic yeah. boredom see what I what I want from like what a politician does with their day is some absolutely insane shit you know like Marky Mark's exercise fucking <laughs> yeah. thing he gets up he gets up at like three a.m. to pray. <laughs> And stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, again, this is fucking titanic self-regard. Um, she's talking about how uh, so many times she's called at like 5 or 6 or 7 a.m. for by journalists for quotes because they really need the Jess Phillips opinion on the day. Every morning when I open my eyes, I have to brace myself for the controversy, hatred, or the need to immediately have an educated opinion about something I've just this second heard about. One of the papers... <laughs> fucking telling on herself again she's admitting that she just talks shite all the time it's fantastic I know this is- oh, that's, how, that's how you know it's authentic because she doesn't know fuck all therefore it's actually fine and uh, it's very relatable because that's who you want in fucking parliament is people who don't have a fucking clue of what they're talking about 
at various mm-hmm. points she actually like mentions like specific things she's been asked to talk about and she's like I don't know fucking shit about this and I'm like you could fucking learn yeah <laughs> like- <laughs> or you could just keep your fucking mouth shut there's also that you know the, yeah, the- like- um, what have the papers found out about today I'm always prepare. I am always preparing for my entire career and my family security to blow up in my face at any minute because of some controversy in parliament um, and then she names Can I just it. say, that sounds like she has a secret that yeah. is going to come out. I, that is, you know. I said, we are always just one story away from losing everything. Yeah, it's not the mm. fucking story about lying uh, about saying Diane Abbott's fuck off, though, well, is no, it? Well, no, because that's, that's a I racism just, story and the press is the racist factory. Yeah. Can I just say for the record, pretty sure Jeremy Corbyn and a few other MPs who are like all right as people don't have that particular worry hanging over their heads <laughs> and also like yeah, just just like, gonna just gonna suggest that one maybe also fuck off with your losing everything like you're well-paid MPs with lots of sinecures and a fucking book deal losing everything for most people means being fucking evicted and living on the street you know that's not like even if even if she had like a scandal that forced her to resign i fully believe she'd try and like you know wait for it to blow over but if that did ever happen she'd be fucking well, she'd fine yeah, she'd post for it, but she'd have, like, a year, maybe two, where she's, like, on the naughty step, and then they'd hire her as some kind of lobbyist. Like- yeah. So she spent some quality time ignoring her family uh, in Birmingham, and she's now on the way from Birmingham, because she lives in Birmingham. That's where she lives. It's not a joke. She lives in Birmingham. Um, and she's on the train from Birmingham. <laughs> Jess Phillips, everything you wanted to know about politics and where I live in Birmingham, brackets. <laughs> Take a little walk to the edge of town and keep fucking walking. Leave Birmingham. Go away. God damn it. <laughs> so she she explains, and I don't know why, but she explains why she doesn't take calls when she's on the train to, down to London from Birmingham. Um, I won't beat myself too much about up about this because even if I tried to take a call or use the internet on the West Coast mainline, after three seconds I would be rudely reminded that although humankind put a man on the moon 22 years before I was born, we cannot make the Wi-Fi on a train actually work. Long may peacefully well, God continue. bless those fucking trains that prevent her from posting. Well, yeah. yeah. Isn't it unfortunate that uh, certain political machinations within the Labour Party help prevent electing... Uh, a Labour Party yeah. that would have brought out broadband and infrastructure and that rail might have facilitated such a thing. Yeah, and things like such of this nature. When asked, but I, I had to check because I thought I this this shit sounds familiar. During her six-day leadership campaign, she did an interview with Andrew Marr, and she was asked six-day leadership campaign. <laughs> it's so funny scene. to hear it read out like that. And, just so and she was asked specifically about rail nationalisation, um, and she proceeded to not give an answer, but just say, we have to make choices and put vital services like prisons first. So she doesn't... Uh, uh, oh, okay. there's, there's a whole bit. I don't I don't know exactly where it is or whether we've passed it, where she's like describing a kind of person who, sh- who should be in uh, parliament. And she's like, if you're not prepared you're to... stay in prison, but I suppose no, there's no, a lot no, of... No, no, so well, also that. Yeah, no, she's like, well, if you're not prepared to cut one service in favour of another, then you're not fit to be in parliament. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about you run the fucking money factory if you're the government what the fuck are you talking about again she has no fucking clue about economics whatsoever it's a household budget in order to pay for your car you have to go without a toaster and shit like that and then she spends quite a lot of time during this chapter saying that look what you see on the telly is you know the show but really behind the scenes we're much more mates and we all work together and that doesn't bother her. She actually, she, she thinks that's good. Um, so this is on that topic. 
Progress usually happens through lots and lots of meetings where you sit with ministers, civil servants and experts and gently encourage them to do the thing or undo the thing that you want. So this is another big strain throughout the book is like, really, you don't know this, but everybody in Westminster is really mates with each other and they like each other and they just have different perspectives, but they all want to do the right thing. I like it just quibbling so over saying, details at the edges of society and not actually changing anything fundamental because that is completely anathema to her politics in particular. So let me let me get this straight, right? You're saying that with a few rare exceptions, all the MPs share a common class. <laughs> they they <laughs> maybe have shared class interests. I mean the fucking revelatory stuff. Yeah. Interesting. She, she she gives a, a specific example. Um <clears throat> after, after I'd finished with a, a, a debate, quote-unquote, with a Tory MP called Alex Sherbrooke, uh, I went out to the mem members' lobby to be reunited with uh, a group of students who was following me, and Alex Sherbrooke walked out of the chamber and as I greeted them. He came over and said something along the lines of, Hey Jess, how are you? Are we still on for the meeting later? I've got some interesting stuff that I think might be useful. We chatted, laughing and joking with each other for a minute, and agreed we would meet later. The students looked on astonished, and it's just like... Yes, of course they did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because children are able to understand, like, whose interest you're allegedly supposed to be. And, like, know, remember how for. much shit uh, Laura Pitcock got when she said, I will never be friends with a Tory, you know? Yeah. Yeah, people, people don't understand that there's a difference between, like, professional courtesy and, like, being friends with someone. Yeah. Because, like... Yes. And it's because British people... Are fucking stupid, first of all, but also because there's it's an socially idiotic a lot of the time. There's an yeah. unacceptable overlap between an expected overlap between your social life and your work life. Mm -hmm. um, lest I get in trouble with uh, people again, I'm going to stop there. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so then she goes on about like the process of what it's actually like to go into the chamber for a vote, and it's all technical and stupid. But um, I love, I love to have uh, being stood in a room yeah. explained to me in a book. No, no, but she does. And it, but what specifically <laughs> what she says is like, apparently you all have to wait in a room and then like the whips do a thing and then everybody has to listen because they have to march through the door. And that's, you know, she says we all become, instead of proud individuals become uh, like sheep. So let me just read this bit because it's incredibly indicative of how she thinks parliament works and the people in it work. It is quite remarkable right. how a group of people who have been accomplished enough to rise up in the fields of their expertise, then climb the political ranks, oh who have the toughness and resilience to t that it takes to get to the House of Commons, revert to school kids meekly waiting for permission to go. But she's thinking about herself. Yes. That's like, that's yes. such like, like, because I, look, the average MP is a fucking loser. I, I don't I don't know how else to put it. They're a fucking loser yes. who's an incompetent tit. And it shows, it shows, it shows in like the results of what our parliament does. So like, I don't know, Jess, sounds like a you problem. Like, <laughs> but I mean, she has this impression, it's reinforced throughout the book that like, it, with a few very rare ex exceptions, everybody is good. Everybody just wants to work together. The Tories aren't like hateful monsters who just want the poor to die. They just have a different view about how society should succeed and blah 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 and it's like you know. i mean it's it's the fucking meme about um you know neo-nazis and white supremacists and like people of color being like and the, the liberal being stood in the middle saying compromise <laughs> just no, no, it's, completely yeah. antagonistic to each other it's the um it's the sort of like the fash on the streets and it's the antifa person being like i'm gonna stop that person by any means available to me and it's like you're just as bad as him <laughs> like <laughs> 
It's it, it, um, have I perhaps done a video about this recently? Who could say? Um, <laughs> is that a video available anywhere if people want to yes, see it? Yes, available on YouTube. Just search SK the Crusader and it will be the top one that comes up because it's my latest oh, one. Oh, wow. About that, sounds, theory. that sounds good. Yeah. Plug early, plug off. <laughs> yeah. So she she then goes on, like she, she talks about some of the shit she does in the evenings, like dinners and stuff. And I just wanted to read out this bit because this is very familiar to me from, from my previous life in Brussels. Most Tuesdays, Tuesday evenings find me speaking, presenting, entertaining, and being lobbied at events with warm white wine and mini quiches. There are award ceremonies for every tiny little thing under the sun. Like me, many MPs... <laughs> many MPs, Quite literally, a fucking participatory trophy for MPs. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like me, many MPs and politically adjacent folks write books that must be launched. Many charities hold event, evening events to launch their <laughs> new campaigns. They must be launched, Jess. Must they? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, what I'm not sure she sees, and this is one of the, this is the stuff I generally used to do, is, like, organize these things. The reason you do like funny little awards and because MPs like to come out for fun things and not depressing policy talk is like the reason, I don't know, uh, uh, BP and Shell hold the, uh, you know, uh, uh, best cleaned up pelican in in the world of water or whatever the fuck it is, is not because they're good people. They want something from you and all the award ceremonies are just promo for the shit that they want. And Jessie just she's, stood there. She's making Jessie's... it sound. She's making it sound like such a chore. It's like, oh no, I have to go to these places and drink the wine and eat the mini quiches. To be fair, to be fair the wine does sound fucking. The wine is very bad. Generally speaking, the wine genuinely is very bad. The thing is, right? She could just not fucking go. Like nobody's yep. putting a gun yeah, to like... her head. Yeah. Or if she hates it so much and she thinks it's such an essential part of her job, she could fucking quit being an MP. Yeah. Like, just be a full-time writer because t- she's you're very talented. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, di- I'm gonna disagree, son, and I don't think she's physically capable of that. No, she turns up and says, "Oh, a free lunch." <laughs> <laughs> she's about to buy condos. Like, <laughs> oh, rich, you say? Sounds great. <laughs> I mean, there's one more bit that I wanted to read out because it's another one with a footnote, so you know it's good. Um, I do t- get to go to some really cool events and a lot of time I can take people with me and that is how I socialize with my mates in London. We go to awards of fancy magazines, film premieres and special theater shows. A lot of famous people are involved in political causes so you might be at a dinner or on media stand. Oh good, so I'm, gl- I'm glad the famous people are getting their uh, uh, their needs and wants addressed by uh, in boring small talk at uh, yeah. You know, and the next the next evening, you might be with Idris Elba launching a strategy for diversity in television. It's not all minute taking and emails about saving hen harriers. No, it's not. You just know, about you know, jobs. she was, you know, she was so excited to name drop oh, him. No, that, oh, that, you, you just know, know it. You the can reason feel you it. know this, James, is because the footnote also concerned Idris Elba. Idris Elba was really oh. nervous about giving a speech in Parliament, and afterwards, when we were all posing for a group photo, I cracked a joke and made him laugh. He said to me, It's really helpful that you made me smile for the photo. I should take all these things with me so I sh- can smile for the camera. To which I replied, I gratefully accept your proposal of marriage. I am, in fact, engaged to Idris Elba, <sighs> but we like to keep it private. <laughs> oh, man. It's just... The thing is, she's such a simp. Like, I can say that here because we're not on fucking Twitch. I'm allowed to say it here, so I'm going to say it. What a fucking simp. Like, Well, that's also like, uh, you know, it, I helped Id- Idris Elba, an incredibly accomplished actor, get over his nurse so he could do a speech in Parliament. He, it was me, Chess Flips, saving the his day. His job is to pretend to be other people. Like, <laughs> I, I, like... 
And turns out, it turns out that Jess Phillips is strangely able to give tips on how to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Strange, huh? <laughs> so then there's, a, there's some bullshit about like how she used to think PMQs was super important, but now she no longer thinks it is, and because uh, it's just punch and Judy theater, and it doesn't really matter. Which is something that we broadly speaking agree with. But like, yeah, fair play. Did it? Um, did it become not important when? Corbin yeah, stopped doing it somehow. Yeah, it. it well, mm. yeah, actually, she specifically talks about Jeremy Corbyn and Theresa May. Yeah, she specifically yeah. mentions <laughs> an exchange between them. Which, in fairness, it was fucking boring at the best of times. So whatever. Like for a political geek like me, it was that feeling of taking your seats in, oh. the in the your first PMQs, soaking up all the noise and the hullabaloo. It was magical. I'd watched him on television pretty much every week of my life what kind of normal like, person so like i had to watch it because i was doing a stream thing with someone <laughs> and i you know i enjoyed the stream thing because i got to dunk on keith for the whole thing but like fuck me it's awful like, it's awful I, yeah it's, it's it's the wwe for people who wank to the west wing <laughs> <laughs> yeah none of the people in the west wing look particularly good so that's really grim um <laughs> no lies detected and, and bafflingly, like, she, she slags her every time. This is where Boris makes an appearance as well. And every time she references Boris or talks about Boris, she talks negatively about his appearance. Like, oh, yeah. he can't comb his hair and he's looking disheveled. That's, and, yeah. like, that's just. Because that's what. Because that's what, like, that's what the working man thinks. They go, like, oh, you know what I mean? That's what your mom would say. Your mom would say, oh, that Boris, why can't he, like, brush his hair? Do you know what yeah. I mean? And that's she's what my just. Mom she's said just, to me, so. Yeah, um, she's just she's just really at at heart. Jess Phillips is just a mom yeah. from like the regions. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> there's an amazing famous region, Birmingham, not a city. The, the, um, there's an amazing um, short anecdote about how she has a I don't know a minute's worth of chat with Boris standing around somewhere because uh, it's just glorious. Because you can this is one of the rare moments I think in my life where I'll sympathise with Boris Johnson. On a few occasions when I've seen the PM around, I've just walked up to him and started regaling him with my opinions, along with some more of my own. He usually just looks desperate to get away, and on one occasion <laughs> started telling me about how we needed to get Brexit done. And it's like, of course he did. Yeah, of course, because he doesn't want to talk. No one wants to fucking talk to you, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like... <laughs> Because imagine, imagine it, right? You're just standing there. You're at work, right? And you're just standing there. And then Jess Phillips walks up to you and starts giving you her opinions. Like, fuck off. I've got plenty of opinions of my own. I don't need to hear yours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this is, yeah. So now we're, we're moving the scene from uh, Westminster and we're going back in the constituency. That's the title of chapter four. You know, you yeah. could just say actually, actually no, the the full title. Oh, home sorry. ground colon back in the constituency, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which essentially opens, which is also kind of baffling. It opens with like two pages, something like that, with a list of things that Jess Phillips MP cannot do. Like, in fact, one of them I particularly highlighted, which is I cannot demand that your electricity bill be immediately reduced. I mean, doesn't that imply there's something else going on that maybe you should be looking at? <laughs> like. <laughs> Also, like you what could place caps. You, you couldn't do Fucking that. Like you know, she couldn't write a letter and do that. But she could certainly try to be in a party that would say advocate I mean, for the nationalisation of the electricity for the power grid. You know, I'm just spitballing. Far here. be it. Far be it from me to tell her how to do her fucking job. But you know, you can you can actually demand that. 
You can actually demand anything you fucking she, want. So you know like, she I mean? That's goes how on demands about, work. <laughs> she goes on about her like big press profile a lot. Yes. Like, would you believe? Mm. And she she never once seems to think like, man, my constituents are getting dicked over by the uh, by the energy companies. I wonder if I should use my massive press profile to kick up a fuss about that. Like, because, never well, occurs I mean, to her. I honestly think she kind of knows on some level that if she did try and use her massive press profile to do that, she wouldn't have a massive press profile. Mm. Well, actually, no, I don't know about that because she seems... Well, we'll get to it yeah. later, but, like... I mean... I, I, mean, I, I have uh, cause to believe that's not the case. Yeah. Outside... Mm. I mean, as Jamie pointed out earlier, after she, you know, out, kind of outlived her usefulness of uh, stabbing Corbyn in the front or whatever, has she really had that much of a profile? I mean, there's been, like a few things here and there where she well, I mean this she's... book got pretty fucking extensively promoted like there was like a I don't know a 5,000 word piece in the times with an extract abstract oh, that's Christ goes... alive yeah 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 <laughs> um, and it's like I mean this the whole chapter about constituency is essentially very boring because she just says I can't do much of anything I just do some things but I'll write letters for you I'm just a I'm just a tiny little MP don't know if you can do anything small, small bean MP but also there's a very there's a very funny bit um where she's like admitting she knows nothing about something, and she admits that she'd start with Wikipedia to find out about stuff. <laughs> it's just like you're a fucking MP, you have stuff, you could like get them to like actually research it for you. Come on. Does does she think does she think Karl Marx is one of the guys that started MNS? I don't know. The, the main like the main thing about it is like this whole chapter is once again is look at me, I'm normal, I'm from home, I'm from Birmingham, that's where I live. I interact with normal people and it's the, the UK parliamentary system is one of the best is because we do have to do this shit and, you know, go sit and listen this to people's is, problem and then tell them, actually, this is something I can't fix. Um, this is the bit where she talks about the odd jobs she made her husband. Yes. Do. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. So like this woman rings Jess Phillips, right? First of all, imagine ringing Jess Phillips. Fuck my life. But like, she rings <laughs> Jess Phillips and she's like, I've got these paving slabs in my gun. Can you sort it out for her? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not my job. But then she eventually sends her husband out <laughs> to do it with a van. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's just amazing to me that she was like, right, look, this woman won't leave me alone. Can you just fucking do it now? And the, the like the cheap romance of it, um, with the possible exception of Ireland, the United Kingdom is probably the only country in the world where you could expect to find the prime minister, the first lord of the treasury, to sit in a drafty church hall every other Friday night to listen to people complain about their next door neighbor playing music too loud. When the fuck do you think that Boris ever did a constituency surgery? Or fucking Tony Blair, for that matter. Or Keith or David Cameron. Like, I, are they I know fuck? Theresa May definitely did one because someone wrote an article. It was yeah. like a proper FBPE-like type who did an article about how fucking useless Theresa May is, which I suppose I could kind of buy. Like, here's a... There's many things you can say about Theresa May which are bad, but... But... She does have this very weird quirk where she genuinely thinks she's obliged to do certain yeah. things and she yeah. can't deviate from it. And one of them is her constituency stuff, which meant that bizarrely she was one of the few prime ministers who actually did it and not as a press yeah. op. Like Tony Blair did a couple, but they were, you know, they were there for the press coverage. Like it was a media event, yeah. essentially. 
So, uh, yeah, no. Um, I think that's Jess Phillips yet again drinking the Kool-Aid and believing the propaganda. On on a Monday morning, I could be in front of a constituent with severe mental health needs who is threatening to take their own life. And by that evening, I'm eating dinner off a silver platter in the American embassy, talking about UK-US relations with the US ambassador. All in one day. That feels that feels right. like a metaphor for something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I know. Doesn't right. this tell us something? Hmm. All in one day, I must be down home with my fellow Brummies and an equal sparring partner oh. to the Prime Minister. Just the the, the self oh, regard. She from, there's she... no weaker. There's no weaker thing than using the nickname for where you know for people from where you're from in your book about. I was going to say, is she, is she like, from Birmingham? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't know that. I mean, it's it's you know, <sighs> she 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 does indeed like to take a little walk to the edge of town and go across the tracks. But then she comes back over again, and she mostly spends her time in the American embassy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just this constant, constant reiteration of "I am normal, I'm good," and. You know what doesn't convince me that someone's normal is when they insist to me that they're normal. Yeah. That really doesn't, like, help their case at all. But fortunately, now is finally the time wherein we get into praxis, which is what this podcast really is all about. Um, Chapter 5, The Power to Change, colon, How to Get Things Done. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Right, as as a professional political consultant, I sharpen my pencil and ready to take notes. Go on, Jess Phillips, tell us how to make change. All right, well, here you go, James. I can't believe all future successes of the Northern Independence Party will be down to Jess Phillips. (laughs) Well, she is Northern, as she insists, right? I kind of like this second. The second sentence is just going to tell you everything you need to know. We act as though good versus evil is a thing. It isn't. Not in politics, anyway. Oh my God. Like, but like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, like, is it like, what are you like? Not in politics, anyway. There's been a lot of politics happening for a long time in human history, and I can say with some certainty, there's definitely been a lot of evil going on. If like, if you no, but she's technically correct because there hasn't been any good, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you enter politics already knowing that you would never vote for a bomb strike or that you would never agree to cut a certain service for the sake of a different one, that you are not cut out for the realities of political office. Fuck off. When it- good. Yeah, if, oh. if, you, if you can't envisage a situation in which you would drop untold terror on an entire <laughs> you, country you know thousands of miles away, then you're not fit to sit in this house of fucking slaughter. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you know what this is? This is like a distillation of those of the wall of gammon when they were like, why won't you drop the nuke, Jeremy? Like what like she's she's fully like a gammon character. If you won't ride the fucking nuclear bomb like the cowboy at the end of the fucking <laughs> Doctor Strange uh, Doctor Strange Love, then you're not fit to sit in Parliament. To be fair, I'm afraid of heights, so I definitely am not going to do that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not like it's not like any of these fucking pricks would actually ride the bomb themselves. No, of course no, not. You fucking Luke would. Luke, he would. Oh yeah. <laughs> when it, dropping it over, dropping it over Mecca. When it, as he waves his cowboy hat. <laughs> Okay, so we've established that she thinks, first of all, there's no such thing as good versus evil, there's only hard choices, and second of all, if you're not prepared to sell out, then you're not allowed to be uh, MP. All of this tracks are what I know of When a decision is made, when a law is passed or changed, some people will be harmed. My job is to make sure those some people aren't always the same people. 
can I just can I just say <laughs> that like, it's Hell. very it's very easy to make difficult choices when they don't affect you. Yeah. Like and this yeah, is what my, it, my job is know. to make sure that not always the same people are harmed. My job is to spread the harm around. It, you know, know I mean? like Larry Margarine. They're not difficult decisions when you're as thick as pig shit. And you you just make them because you like imagine that it's like because it's just cosplay. Do you know what I mean? You think mm. you're just like a child with a toy typewriter just mashing the fucking buttons, and you think you're writing a, a, like a very important business document. Do you know what I mean? It's yes, just Phillips the in the business factory. Yeah, the political like, version of that where it's just like, oh well, yeah, we'll put five p tax on on carrier bags, and that means that like you know we have to like like uh, like. Yeah, mulch support another, the bedroom another, tax. Mulch yeah. another six million like single mothers for the good of the economy or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Do you know what I mean? You just imagine that makes you into some sort of like clever political genius hovering above everyone by the power of your, yeah. your glowing mind. Jess, Jess Phillips, the tragic hero who must decide fates. And it's... You see this everywhere. It's like, you know, <laughs> she's not the hero we need, but the hero we deserve. You know, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Though it's not, it's not a difficult decision if you you're not actually putting any thought into the decision. You just you're just doing it because you imagine because it's like action figures to you. Do you know what I mean? You think that's the role that you're meant to play is the difficult decision maker, and you well, just sit there and you just go like, oh, what's that? We should like bulldoze like all the fucking like women's shelters in order to put up more like student flats. Yeah, that's. Do you know what I mean? It's it's tragic, but it's got to be done. Do you know? What I mean? It's just, just fuck off. Yeah, but it's, yeah. here's the thing: she's also like she's being incredibly honest here because if you think it through logically, if you spread the hurt around and don't concentrate it in any particular area, mm-hmm. then you don't actually unbalance things. Yeah. You don't change the balance of yeah. powers. Like if you put it all on, say the rich, say the powerful, then that might actually start to rebalance things. Whereas if you just spread it all around and try and keep it roughly on an even keel, you'll preserve the status quo. <laughs> she's literally saying that's what she's well, I mean, better to she, do. She, the other I mean, that- can she even manage that though? Have in what it, by what metric has the harm in this country been yeah. spread around? Yeah, it is it's, almost it's too total fucking horseshit. Yeah, and it's also it's just it, to- it, an utter fabrication. The idea that harm has been spread around. And not ultimately focused on the bottom rungs of society yeah. exclusively. But it's, and it's it, the other thing that she completely accepts her as saying, well. Her is like saying this, that this... She, she has to make sure it doesn't affect the same people every time is just her doing PR for herself. Yeah. And I mean, she's perfectly happy to just like dump that shit on the poorest and the fucking like most disadvantaged yeah. every single fucking time. And she, the other thing she does, which is she repeats it again, is like this bit about. Uh, um, you you would if you want to improve one service, you have to cut another. You know, it's the magic monetary thing. Like it's the uh, it, it, cuts must always be made because we cannot spend more money because there are these weird strictures that only exist in my fucking head because I've been badly taught and I've heard even more dumb things. Well, yeah, because if you were spending money on everything, you wouldn't look like you were making difficult decisions, and then you wouldn't be yeah the tragic like, hero. You know, yeah. Even if the problem is clear-cut, the solution might not be. It might need a huge and unavailable logistical effort. It might mean diverting resources from elsewhere, and then where? It might need a bit of time to think and plan to come up with a solution that will help the most and harm the least. If you're going to come up with such a solution, you still have to battle the law uh, to change the law. And it's like, again, there's this incredibly limited structure of, of how she thinks... You know, th- this is how political change dies. If the people in Parliament look at things and say, 
oh, you know, this is it's this is the the anti-Keynesian things. It's you know the the project is in shovel shovel ready, so we can't start it. The budget we can't create more money. It's not like we own the printing presses because it has to come from somewhere else. We need all this time, and you know, we need to. I need to meet with my mate Jacob Rees Mogg to make sure that he's on board for reasons passing human understanding, and then. <laughs> You get into this situation where simultaneously the causes are very bad and the solutions can't ever be very good because that's just not possible. Because thinking that the solutions could be very good is not realistic. And that makes you, then you're not a tragic hero. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, she, she's also objectively incorrect. There are, there's always a simple solution and the simple solution is communism. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So now that we've had that, I just wanted to, to treat you to a little bit of more great chess Phillips writing, because some of it is just so good that I just want to, not because it's particularly interesting, but because of the writing. Uh, this is a, <laughs> It's definitely it's definitely not interesting, but by God, is it terrible. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> fucking um, Rob, king of the upsell. This is, fucking hell. This is about uh, big bills that have a lot of different elements to it, where everybody gets to spend some money, and they're called... Broadly speaking, they're called Christmas tree bills because everybody gets to hang their bauble on it. Blah blah blah. Um, MPs want their want the the original bill that reflects the promise they made to the electorate to pass, so they might take you up on your offer to take uh, the bauble off this Christmas tree if they promise to give you an, another tree for it. Either that, or you manage to whack a great big piece of Poundland tinsel right across their beautifully color-coordinated Liberty Christmas tree because your campaign was so strong that they had to let your amendment become part of the tree. Wow, that what? is a fucking awful metaphor. Yeah. I just fucking I yawned. genuinely couldn't I just quite yawned. Can we can we just have MP stop doing fucking metaphors, please? Like it's just or only if you're clever enough to do them. Like if you're good enough to do them, if it makes sense, if you carry them through. You see, getting a bill through Parliament is a lot like driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but much getting like a bill through Parliament I've, wait, is I've, a, I've, a lot like playing Euro Truck Simulator Two in the army. <laughs> I thought I thought it was like eating an orange, but okay. So I mean this I mean she talks about some of the arcane stuff that goes on and shenanigans and some of it's interesting, some of it's not and this bit I did find quite interesting. Um because she says, Oh I I try to learn about how private members' bills and other things work. But I have no hope. As my mother's generation of feminists used to say, See. life is too short to peel a mushroom so too is my political life too short to try to understand why the bloody hell we do some things the way we do and why we don't ch change the stuff that is ridiculous. Some battles I just don't have the energy to fight, i.e. the systematic things, the, the fucking yeah. pageantry and the bullshit, that I, mean, I cannot did change. This, I, did this introduction not start about, you know, the introduction to this entire fucking book go on about the archaic and silly things that she wants to change yeah yeah that it should be the people's palace it should be open uh to, to everybody and it should be a thing and it's like yeah. now it's yeah, just, the halls of power yeah yeah but it's like no but actually i can't change the way arcane rituals and private members bills work because i can't be bothered to find out and it's like and that is why you're such a mug that's why you get a book contract like this to write these things because you are you're the useful idiot, and that's you know this is yeah. exactly the. Oh, so it's, it's just I'm just quite glad it's only taken six chapters. I think was it six five? Yeah, I can't remember how far in. 
to actually just completely go well yeah that is why i went into it but like yeah, yeah i fucked that off now i can't i can't so the, Fuck it. the whole point she makes is like you 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 stupid rube reading this think you may want change but it it can't come and if it does it's glacial and you only get half of what you want and that's actually normal and good so let me read and then but then she completely reverses course having established that nothing happens fast in parliament the exception is of course if there's a sudden global pandemic in which case fundamental laws can be overturned quicker than you can say personal protective equipment it's remarkable really how quickly we can change laws when it is needed wow yeah, it's weird, it's weird. Weird. what's feasible when the political will is there isn't it jess yeah, Jesus. I do. To be fair, I do feel like a fucking rude because I've read this book. But, <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, you see what I mean by she's stupid, right? <laughs> oh yeah. But, I mean, she's a completely a prisoner of the modern political mindset. Things are bad. They cannot change, but they can change. <laughs> but not for the things that I think are unnecessary. And I don't see how you know the, the upending of the spending rules and whatever the fuck went on during Rona how that could be applied elsewhere because that 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 cannot compute uh, jess phillips's mind palace is just a fucking panopticon no i think honestly i think the way she conceives of this internally is she just hears the song you can't always get what you want i think that's just how it kind of works in her head essentially no don't ask about the contradictions of it don't think about it just hum along to the song you can't always get what you want whenever something comes up and she says no to it yeah that's yeah, just her. That is her. And that is also, for you, dear listener, uh, the end of the first half of this podcast, because this- The merciful end of the first half of this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, if you are a subscriber to our Patreon, you can go to that and listen to the merciful part two, or the merciless part two, I should probably say, uh, of this podcast. Mm. And if you're not a member, you can subscribe on patreon.com forward slash praxiscast. So we hope to see all of you, if or at least most of you, as subscribers and as new subscribers there. So this is our cut, and otherwise we'll see you next week. But hopefully we'll see you on the Patreon in just a moment, because Sinan's here for the whole ride, as are you, as are we all. And Sinan's also going to plug his stuff right now. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, hi, <laughs> I've been the guy who's slowly melted his brain by reading this, but if you want to see me melt my brain doing other things, you can catch me at twitch.tv. Yeah, in real time. Yeah. In real time, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Slash SK the Crusader, or you can see pre-recorded instances of my brain melting at youtube.com slash SK the Crusader. Yeah. He's the, the the best the man with the best hair and left politics in the United Kingdom. Don't miss out anywhere. But join us in part two, where we will dis be discussing what Jess Phillips thinks of what it's what the, an MP does abroad. Foreign, we have foreign politics, we have social media, we have two whole chapters on dealing with the press. We have party politics, where you will learn nothing about party politics, and why she is such a cool, cool rebel, and the conclusion to this thrilling saga. So join us in part two, two, two.